Hello, listeners. You are about to listen to the Two Tools Baseball Podcast. This is a show for any and all baseball fans. It is led by myself and my co-host, Travis. I'm what you'd call a stats nerd, and my buddy Travis was a total stud on his D3 college team. Our goal is to show you how we view the game of baseball, and maybe we'll share a few laughs along the way. So grab a drink, kick back, and join us on this wonderful ride through the 2022 MLB preseason. Enjoy. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. The lockout has officially ended. I know Alex and I are pretty excited. We uh, very we, excited. We thought this would drag on a little longer, but it finally uh, finally ended. Owners and players finally got together and were able to agree upon terms for the new CBA. So, Alex and I, of course, are coming to you live. It is March tenth, Thursday night, uh, hours after the. News came out that the lockout was ending. Uh, really excitement now. Free agency is starting back up. Me and Alex will talk a little bit about that this episode. Also talk about you know some key players who to watch, uh, who to watch for the season to begin. Also, of course, kind of give you some previews of what we'll be talking about next week. But Alex, let's dive right in. The lockout is over. The season can start. Spring training can start. Players can report. I believe in three days or so. I'm sure they're already on their way. Mike Trout's already gone on his private jet. Tempe, Arizona bound. Let's go. Go for it. Yeah, uh, I really can't believe that uh, we're resuming so quickly. I honestly thought that, you know, when they they missed the deadline of like a week or two ago that uh, this was really going to start dragging out and dragging out. I thought they'd have to negotiate, like, how are we going to change service time? Because if you don't know, folks, like, if you don't reach that 162 games in the season, the players and the owners have to negotiate, well, if I only played 150 games how much am I going to get paid of my full contract? The owners are going to say, well, you only are going to make this much. The owners, are say, the players will say, we want to make a full amount. So um, it, that would have only made negotiations uh, go that much slower. So I'm so happy that we got the 162 games already confirmed. Um, a lot of rule changes going into place, but we'll just start out with just general like excitement, hype. Travis, like um, – we're already so excited for opening day. What, what were you doing when you heard the news? <laughs> when I, I was I was I was doing work uh, at home in my room, but uh, I you know got the notification the Passin bomb. Jeff Passin always kind of number one. I was uh, waiting. I was waiting for Nightingale. It's funny when, when it's like Nightingale and Heyman are kind of you know no shade, but you know they're second kind of, tier. <laughs> they, well, it, it just kind of constant like updates, and that's good. They're doing their job, but like it just kind of constant like rumors and like kind of news and. Uh, Almost like kind of just going with like the gossip. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's, it's what they're hearing. But then passing like he waits for it to be official. And he's always the first guy making the big like the bomb. The the, the tweet drops and we all knew that, okay, we're having a season. And it's going to be not on time but only a week delayed, which is honestly a, a stunner. Not on um, time but 162 games, which is what players wanted. I'm sure it's what fans wanted. Yes. Um, I'll kind of dive in a little briefly. We can discuss this after, but talk about the rule changes for 2022. So some kind of key points that we're going to see this season. Uh, first off, nine inning doubleheaders. Last year, we saw seven inning doubleheaders. I think we went to a couple of those or at least tried to because there were just yeah. so many games with COVID that had to be made up or that had to just be pushed back a day. But nine inning doubleheaders instead of seven. Uh, no extra inning ghost runner, Alex. So right. that those days of 10th inning ghost runner are over pretty much I now. I think relief pitchers, closers are really going to like that. 10th inning, you don't have to worry about a guy starting at second base. Even though... 
uh, it sped up the games. I still, Travis, I remember there was a there was a Padres Dodgers game with Ghost Runners, of course, last season. I think it was like fifteenth, sixteenth inning, something like that. Yeah. It's like even though there's Ghost Runners, it's not really. Uh, it's not changing. It's speeding up the speed of the speed of the play at least. Exactly, and I'm sure I, I know, like you said, relief pitchers are jazzed because I think when they when they heard the news about the whole uh, banning of the shift. A lot of pitchers were very angry and, and were, you know, voicing their concerns on social media, just saying, you know, basically you're just giving the hitters a lot more extra ammo to be successful. But pitchers, of course, uh, are going to have a tough time. But at least this will help them out. Relief pitchers in general, uh, they don't have to deal with that, you know, taking the L, but having no earned or, run. Earned run, really. It's very, much. very weird. Exactly, exactly. And then the big one, the one that I know we are excited for, Universal DH, Alex. NL will have a DH now. It's going to be very, very exciting for a lot of teams, especially teams like the Padres, the Dodgers, Brewers, uh, Mets, uh, just tons of stacked powerhouse teams that we know that have good pitching sides. Now they can get that extra bat. And guys like Nelson Cruz, Kyle Schwarber, a couple other names out Jorge there. Soler, Jorge Soler. Jorge goes on. Now all have new markets now have new jobs opening up so very exciting there also we're going to see advertising on jerseys uh and helmets nowadays so kind of what the uh the nba was doing with their advertisements now yep. we'll see that on mlb jerseys uh, a couple things too mlb5 draft canceled pretty much so basically i think that's just the amateur draft where not not the real main draft that we see every single year um that has been canceled draft lottery six picks now as well um, yeah that, that that's interesting because uh, for those that like don't know, the NBA has always done like a lottery because yep. they don't want the team that gets the worst record just to always just get to, number just one. to be guaranteed number one pick because then teams are going to be losing on purpose at the end of the year. To avoid that, you put them all in a lottery. So now in the MLB, the bottom six picks are all going to be in a lottery system instead of just like worst record getting the first pick. And, I think yeah. overall it helps prevent losing on purpose. Teams that are still going to rebuild, they're still going to lose on you know they're still going to not be in win now mode obviously but i think it's a good step in the right, right direction yeah no i totally agree with that because now it gives those um almost the, the six teams out of the 30 that are going to be in the lat lottery now you give uh you know the 24 teams uh still kind of a competitive shot to make the you know be in a playoff spot so now of course you have 12 teams coming in with the six lottery picks i think that's about 12 teams kind of in the middle tier where it's like you better try your hardest to either get into that bottom six or keep pushing to get into that playoff spot but kind of moving forward with what we were talking about a little bit earlier um right now the 12 team playoffs we talked about it last episode we're going to see 12 teams now in the playoffs six from each league um and i'll kind of cover on some some minor changes as well that we're going to see uh basically if there is a tiebreaker at the end of the season we will no longer see a game 163 tiebreaker kind of a bummer those were always really fun um intense Mem games memorable yeah we go back to so many games i know i remember tigers twins uh, i think it was 2009 that that went extra innings and it was a crazy walk off by the twins um but we will no longer see that we'll basically kind of get an nfl type of rule breaker where you're going to look at uh pretty much your i think it's going to be your winning percentage against your league so like american league and also your division as well that will be that will be really important in getting those wins so no more 163 and then also with the playoffs alex 
we we had some we had some whispers and some some rumors that they were going to say the number one seed could actually pick who they wanted to play or they could have ways of saying okay we can reseed everything the way that you want to play what teams you want to play but that's no longer going to be the case the first seed will play the winner of the four five wild card and the second seed will play the winner of the three six basically so yeah so Travis um What's your first? Because I, I guess they're trying all this creative. They're they're thinking about doing all this creative stuff with a seven man. So, sorry, a seven team playoff, and that was gonna be like one team gets a buy, yeah. and then which I loved, and then the other teams get to pick their opponent, and the other teams, uh, the, the division winners, like the second seed overall, would get like a ghost win, like a free win in the series. A lot of crazy creative stuff that um, I think a lot of baseball fans were kind of like having some pause on. So I think overall you and I are both probably happy that like six teams is a good place to be right now. And two teams with a buy is probably a good spot. You know, the best two records you get rewarded for that. So that means Travis, a team like last year's Braves who like you, yes, you won your division, but you were like a sub 90 win team. You get punished for that exactly in, in a small way. So I think that is a good thing. So like being the worst division winner is gonna make mean you have to be in one extra team, probably a hot team that's a wild card team. So exactly. I think I think that's fair. Exactly, and you don't have to. And, and one thing with last year as well, you don't have to be a hundred and I think one hundred and six win Dodgers team and literally have to face a ninety win hot Cardinals team and literally have one, one game. One game, right? You have a series. I think so far the details right now it might be that all three games are at the top seeded's home. I think so. And so right now, basically, if you're the top seed, I, I guess the only thing that does suck is if you're, you're the four or the five, you're basically looking at, you know, if there was like a two-game gap, you're like, crap, now I got to go literally win two out of three at this person's home field. But, you know, in baseball, we've seen that so much, you know, where the away team has a lot of success. So uh, really not too much of a, of, a, of a harsh note for baseball teams right then and there. I'm, su- I'm sure they're happy they don't have to play a one-game playoff at the opponent's uh, home field. So now that that will be changed, this the the twelve team playoffs is in effect. Really like the way it's going to go. Um, I think it's going to be creating a lot of excitement, more games, more opportunities, more you know, more TV. I know TV companies and TV programs are a lot more excited for this, a lot more networks to uh, to get involved in the playoffs and all that stuff. But um, I guess kind of starting with uh, you know, starting with you know, I think we talked about last week at the Universal DH, Alex. Um, I guess, give me your opinion. What team do you see really just benefiting from this? Of course, it's going to be a National League team, but which team do you see really benefiting? Yeah, uh, I think, so my overall thought process, initially at least, is I think a lot of National League teams are, I mean, there's a few DHs on the market where you could get them and they will be your everyday DHs, a Nelson Cruz type of guy, of course. But I think a lot of NL teams, they're used to like using pinch hitters with their pitcher and all that kind of stuff. So I think they're going to take more of like a Tampa Bay Rays approach to like the DH where the Rays don't have a daily DH. Obviously, when they got Nelson Cruz, that was a thing. But like they always kind of cycled guys through. Um, They had a good righty hitter against uh, a lefty pitcher, a good lefty hitter against a righty pitcher. A lot of platoons going on, guys pinch hitting for the DH. They got creative at least. So I think a lot of NL teams are going to get creative, but... Um, I think in reality, Travis, whatever team gets a Kyle Schwarber, whatever team gets a Jorge Soler, they're going to benefit a lot because those guys could be everyday DHs or also, you know, play some outfield when needed. But um, I honestly think a team that like lacks a bit of offense, uh, like maybe the Brewers, we keep mentioning the Brewers for this because they really are a team that could use the extra uh, big bat in their lineup. 
their lineup is really built around some very solid fielders and some very uh, average hitters and not super, super high level, you know, uh, all-star hitters. So, um, you know, guys like Adamas, guys like Wong um, are really good players, but, you know, they're not like these elite bats. I think they could use an elite bat towards the top of their order if they could get a Schwarber, a Solaire type Um especially if Yelich bounces back, like you could create all of a sudden a below average lineup becoming a really good lineup, which will pair with their great, uh, their great pitching staff. Um, Travis also the Padres, the Dodgers. These are teams that have the money to get a really big name as their DH uh, or even get a really big name position player that can push someone to be the DH. I honestly, I think that like a team like the Padres, I think you'll see, games for, for Fernando Tatis to be the DH because he is someone who's struggled to stay on the field um, with small nagging injuries. So you can have him DH some games and you're essentially almost kind of helping his body. Angels have done that with Trout before when Trout has had a bit of an injury stretch. They'll say, okay, he's ready to come back, but he's going to DH for a week and then he'll be back in center field. So stuff like that, I think is going to make a lot of sense for a lot of NL teams too. One more note, a team like the Dodgers, Travis, um, I do think that if they can get a guy like Freeman, which they've been linked to heavily, it can make options for Muncie to be a DH. Of course, with Muncie, if, if he is fully healthy at some point, um, if he's fully recovered from his injury, he could also play second base or Freeman could play some DH. They can mix it up. Um, a lot of NL teams are going to get creative, like I said, but I do think that um, it really opens the door for NL teams to get more creative with their roster construction. I think that they will be getting more creative. So I'm really excited to see how the pieces do fall. Um, I'm excited to see, you know, we haven't had our first signing yet. It's been a couple hours. I'm, uh, I'm waiting right now. Yeah. Yeah. We're browsing Twitter <laughs> as we record so we can make sure we have it first. It'd be fun to get out breaking news on the podcast live. But yeah, I, overall, Travis, what's your impression of the DH uh, in the National League? How do you think uh, they go about it? Yeah, really happy with it. Um, I felt that, you know, I felt that it was. It was a it was a cool thing to have two different leagues, two different kind of strategies and, and, you know, ways they go about the game. I really like the small ball way of, you know, pinch hitting for a guy. And then, of course, you know, maybe even the pitcher, you know, being strategic and bunning people over that sort of thing was really kind of cool. I like that way of baseball going back to kind of like the old school way. But um, it, in the end, it kind of just seemed really it was something you never really have seen in a sport. I mean, base I mean, baseball is so different from basketball football hockey soccer you know everyone has an equal playing ground in baseball you explain to someone that one league has this rule and the other league has this rule and the winner plays in you know the fall classic world series you're kind of thinking to yourself okay that doesn't seem really un or that doesn't seem fair at all but uh you know kind of a unique way but i'm glad they both get it uh i think I've, i i just look at the dodgers being one of the favorites of the universal dh like you pointed out as well they can go out there and get a guy like freeman go out there get a guy like even schwarber or like a nelson cruz get him to a one-year deal and just have nelson cruz rake against lefties or something like that yeah and then of course you could have muncie be a dh against righties something like that you, you could be so strategic in the way you go about it and have you know one of the scariest lineups out there along with a great pitching staff um so it'll really work well for uh for these nl teams and also for players like you know i'll say albert pujols it really extends their careers i mean there's a lot of guys now that could probably play an extra year or two when their markets have opened up to 15 new teams i mean imagine albert pujols going and suiting up for you know like colorado rockies you know he'd probably do very well there in an offensive ballpark and he could probably help get his statistics up all time if uh if that's what he wants to do 
And, uh, and I mean, the Rockies are probably in a way of, you know, not really, of course, looking to compete right now. I mean, uh, losing Arenado and also Story, uh, it seems like they're probably not going to be in a win now mode till, you know, past, you know, the late, the late twenties almost. And so getting a guy like Albert, he could be a good fit out there to be a good offensive person, good first baseman if they want, or a DH now. Um, so, Honestly, it's 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 a good rule. It's it's finally time. Um, I know people are really sick and tired of seeing pitchers hit uh, all the time, but uh, hey, now we get to see one more uh, one more better hitter in the lineup for every NL team, and it'll, it'll make things a lot easier when you go and play in the World Series because that was the one thing in the World Series that was always it was always so strange is that you literally had to go to a new ballpark and change your whole entire strategy. I mean that, yeah. that, that you, it was cool, but it was also I, just weird. I remember you know? the 2019 Astros would go play games in Washington Nationals for the for the uh the world series of course and it was so funny because they had to make this decision like Jordan alvarez is a really good dh are we going to put him in the outfield and then bench a guy like brantley or like put a guy like brantley in center field or you have to really start mixing and matching things up in a weird way that same um, thing with uh, jd martinez in 2018 i mean with the red sox yes exactly you had to start him because he was the hottest bat on the team and, and him and mookie had to play in the outfield and uh it was it was kind of, it was kind of hilarious because you're just you're, you're not used to this, but he has to go play the outfield because you want to keep that bat in the lineup. So, I, I so I'm I'm glad there's going to be some uniformity across the the National and American League. Travis, one last note on it: the last pitcher to ever get a base hit as a pitcher, because obviously, like there could be some twenty inning game where they start using starting pitchers as pinch hitters. Yeah, but they won't be a pitcher; they'll be a pinch hitter at that point. The last pitcher to get a base hit is Zach Greinke. I think that's very fitting. It was in the World Series, World I believe. Series, yep. So I'm very happy that he got that honor because I think he actually is like the one person who probably cares about it. He always He's took pride. He's probably right now, yeah. He took pride in his offense as a pitcher, even though he was in the American League for many years as well. Um, he always had that ability where he was a sneaky good hitter. Um, I think when he got called up as a pitcher, he almost had second guesses, thoughts, that maybe he should be a position player. Yeah. But it's very funny. But I'm glad that he has that funny claim to fame, that trivia question. If you're at a bar doing some trivia, <laughs> who was the last pitcher? It is Zach Greinke. So that, yeah. that, that's super special. Yeah. And honestly, Alex, it could be broken this year by Mr. Shohei Otani because – I'm pretty sure Angels are going to want that guy to be hitting and pitching on the same day. So and it'll, I don't, it, it'll I be don't, interesting. I don't know how the rules are going to work because I remember for the Rockies, um, the, sorry, the All-Star game in Colorado, they had to make a special exception to let Otani because they were doing they were doing the a Nas a, a, National League rules, right? Uh-huh. But they wanted to give the American League a DH like afterwards yeah, still. Yeah. So something weird like that. So like they let Otani pitch and hit and then they let like a DH come in for him. Something I don't remember exactly, but something weird like that. Um, so I will say that I don't know, you know, I don't know how they're gonna handle that. I guess the Angels might be able to forfeit their DH for a pitcher. They they probably will have to, yeah. Um, if that's you know, if that's an option, I assume it will be, but um, I'm sure the team would not mind it because once if Shohei's done in the seventh and then you gotta either put him in the outfield if you if if you if that's an option, or you just gotta you know, you got to take him out and say, okay, now you got a new, you got a new guy coming in there to, uh, you know, the pitcher's got a hit. Now you got to use your pinch hitters. So maybe the angels are the only team that you see in baseball still kind of playing with those NL rules. We'll see. And that's why we got Michael Lorenzen, another pitcher and batter. That's so maybe very he, true. He could come in after Shoei, but very, very true. And you got a guy like even Jared Walsh. I, uh, I was thinking a couple days ago, I'm like, man, the angels literally have three guys that are almost pitchers and hitters. If we really need to, uh, Walsh, Otani, and Michael Lorenzen. So should be fun, should be interesting. Um, Alex, I guess moving on, we can kind of talk about 
basically, you know, just just kind of going and and forecasting what we can see in the next couple of weeks. Um, a lot of big names still out there. I mean, we still have Freeman, we still have Story, Bryant, Schwarber, Castellanos, uh, Conforto, Kershaw, Rodon, Rizzo. Um, and the, the list goes on. I mean, you literally have some lower level talent that you could sign for one or two years. I know a lot of those Braves players are all free agents. Um, yes. and, uh, it'll be interesting. I mean, I'm sure they all want to get back and get the gang back together, but you know, when, when business hits the room, they, they definitely want to, they want to get money. And yeah. Eddie Rosario is a guy that needs to get paid. So Lair wants to get paid. So, um, I guess just kind of starting at the top, I know we talked a little bit about it, uh, last week, um, Freeman, do you have any any changes in, in your gut feeling with 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 where you think he might be going now? Yeah, my, my gut says he doesn't come back. I just feel like if he was gonna come back, it would feel more like a lock, and it's not a lock, you know. So like, it's it's obviously obviously a possibility, but in my mind, like if someone is like for sure returning, um, or if they've said to anyone that they really want to be a brave for life, if that kind of if that's kind of ever been said to someone. We would have heard about it, I feel like. So I think he really will go where the money is best. Um, he got his ring for the city. He got his ring for himself. I think he will probably go to another team that has either a good chance to win. Like it could be a Yankees, could be a Dodgers, could be a lot of teams. Yeah. Um, or it could also it could also end up being a a team that just is close to home, which would be a Dodgers. It could be you know an Angels is close to home too, but. I think there's just too much overlap with like a Jared Walsh, Shohei Otani. There's no room for a first base DH lefty. We already got that covered. So yeah, yeah, it, that'd be really redundant. No, I, 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 I agree with that. I think that the Dodgers are very much in play. I think the Yankees have to be in play as well. I think also the Braves are a team that could be in play um, highly as we kind of get near the start of spring training. Teams really got to start. Uh, you know, digging in and, you know, making commitments to these players. I don't think they want to start spring training and start the season off with a lot of these guys still unsure where they're going. I mean, I know these players, if they want to play this season, they're going to have to start making decisions, honestly, in the next 48 to probably 72 hours of where they want to go. I'm thinking by this Sunday, they're going to have to be thinking heavily on where they're going to go so that they can start spring training off fresh and that they could be at the team that they chose and that they wanted to sign with. But, um, just one of the biggest names out there. I mean, also to Story and Correa. I know we're hearing a lot of buzz about Correa and Angels. I just keep on hoping it's true. Um, I keep on pushing. Uh, I, it's probably a lot of false stuff, but you know, I just I I can't get over the Correa uh, news chatter because now, I mean, every owners, t- every owners have some money to spend. You're right. I'm about to say every team has a little bit more wiggle room if they're trying to squeeze in a big contract. So if before there was some pause as saying, oh, this guy, he's going to put us, you know, 10 million over the cap. Well, now, based on the way that owners have more money to spend this year and that number keeps going up in the future years, you can almost organize a contract that starts a little smaller and gets bigger and bigger. It'll kind of match up with the growing budget they're going to have, according to the CBT. Um, yeah, I, I, I really, I really question where Correa will probably end up. The Astros could increase their offer now because they have more money to spend essentially. But I, I, I really think that, I don't know, maybe they're just trying to be smart businessmen and give a small offer first and give a better one later. But their offer was so far from what he is going to get. It was, it so. was, it was hun- hundreds of millions away from what he was deserving or at least should have got. And the years too were way off. So um, I definitely don't, I don't, feel surprised that he probably won't sign there. Um, I think when you give it two tries, you know, 
it, it's it's probably not going to work out for both parties. And you know, Korea already looking at what Seeger got ten years, three hundred and twenty five million. I know he wants more, and I mean, he probably does deserve more. So we'll have to see if he gets you know same money, lower years, or same years higher, you know, higher salary, higher uh, higher paycheck, and the AAV probably will want to be a little bit higher as well. Um, but yeah, just kind of wanted to dig in on some of the key players. Those are probably the biggest ones left. You still got some really good pitchers on the market. Uh, Kershaw, Rodon, great lefties still on the market. And then, of course, you still have, uh, you know, one of the best closers in the game, Jansen. He's still on the market as well. Um, these will be guys that will need to, yeah, like I said, make some decisions moving forward in the, in the next, you know, near future Uh Really hoping that this could be a really fun weekend, Alex. I mean, we could hear tomorrow, Saturday, Sunday, just names falling off the board and that, uh, you know, really get to see these teams and now project what they really and truly look like. Uh, World Series odds, American League uh, pennant, National League pennant odds are going to be going crazy probably the next couple of days with yeah. going back and forth. Um, and we'll save our predictions for all that kind of stuff for later on, folks. Exactly. There's no reason to super dive into like, oh, who's going to win the AL West? No. When maybe Correa is an angel. Maybe he's a mariner. It's like it could change. Or maybe maybe, maybe Correa is an Oakland A. No. Yeah. Who, I mean, truthfully. <laughs> that who, wouldn't change it all probably. Truthfully, who knows? And it's going to make it way too hard to, to judge that yet. But Yeah. So that kind of just, I mean, just kind of want to boil down a little bit into that. Um, Alex, I, I wanted to ask you a couple questions because it was funny right when the uh, – uh, right when everything basically was released that we're back on, um, I, I saw a fun tweet that me and you both like to bet, both like to go to, you know, Vegas uh, a little too much sometimes, but uh, uh, maybe I do uh, more than you. But, uh, you know, just we love to bet on baseball starting last year. Um, we love to kind of see what the, we like to make business decisions. You know, exactly, we, we definitely exactly. made some we, we're net positive. So I'm happy about that. Exactly. What we like to see where our, our favorite players and where some of the uh, the best players in the league are when it comes to like MVP odds and all that stuff. So I kind of wanted to read you both leagues top tens. This is from sure. Fox Bet Live, basically what they had their odds for. Um, some are surprising. Some are, you know, you can see why they're there. I'll start with the American League. Uh, number one. Kind of a little bit of a surprise to me, but you know what? Honestly, shouldn't really be is Shohei Otani. Uh, he is three to one odds. So, um, with that being said, I mean it. It would be to me, it'd be really amazing if he repeated. Yeah. I, I don't quite know if that could happen, just because like like what we said months ago, if he has the same season, he won't or win it. Even a little bit better, he won't win. He it. won't win it. He has to overperform what he did, which is so sad to say. Yeah, I, I'll give you yeah, my initial reaction to that, Travis. Is I would not bet on him. I mean, this is not gambler's advice. Please admit how you how you how you feel how you <laughs> also, feel. Also, his 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 uh his odds are pretty good. Or yeah, you'd have to bet a lot. You know, yeah, stuff, so, yeah. So I I love Shohei. I think he's gonna be good still. I think he's gonna have a great season ahead of him. Um, just based on the way voters vote to win back to back, you really have to rise above what you did before. There's plenty of examples, Travis, where someone was an MVP. And the next year they do a little bit better and they're like 16th in voting. Yeah. It happens all yeah. the time. And so they really don't want to vote for the same guy unless he kind of really doubles down, proves, um, I guess, how good he is. It's like Miggy. Right? I think Miggy's second one was was a triple crown, right? Uh, first one was triple. Second oh, okay. one was not. But it was it, it was still it was almost a better leader. season. But yeah. I, think the, I think the voting came down. Mike Trout was on him a lot more yep. than he was his first season. But yeah. But to win back-to-back, -back, you really have to be – head and shoulders above the competition. I think, you know, if Mike Trout can stay healthy, if Correa stays in the AL, a lot of these other guys are going to be in that, like, you know, six through nine war range. Exactly. And Otani would have to be like a 10 war guy 
plus to uh, to really rise above and win back to back. Exactly. And, and I totally agree with that. Um, I'll kind of rattle off the top 10 that they gave us. So like I said, Shohei is a three to one odds. Mike Trout second. He's at plus 333. So right behind Shohei barely. Then you have third Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Four to one. Aaron Judge 12 to one. Jordan Alvarez 17 to one. Kind of interesting. Wander Franco 18 to one. A young guy getting some uh, a lot of respect right now. Uh, Rafael Devers, seventh on the list. He's 20 to one. Bo Bichette, eighth, 22 to one. Corey Seager, ninth on the list, 25 to one. And then last but not least, 10th on the list is Jose Ramirez on the Guardians, 25 to one, just like Kyle or Corey Seager. Um, from those 10 guys, Alex, you know, what do you see? Uh, who do you see? I guess you'd put your money under. Who do you be what looking at? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. what I will say is before I saw these numbers, I was very excited about Franco. I thought I was going to bet money on Franco in a big way. He's sixth in odds. That's really crazy for a guy who's only played a few months of big league baseball. No more than 90 games, and he's, yeah. Uh, those odds are definitely going to give me some hesitance to put money in him because the return wouldn't even be that special. I thought I thought it was going to be like a sneaky bet, almost like, like, like a I, plus 4,000 or I, a plus, yeah. Because yeah. I, I, put, I put some money on uh, Guerrero Jr. last offseason. I thought it would be kind of similar to that, where like this guy could break out, but he also could not. Um, but I think that, uh, a guy like Franco Travis, if he can, I, I mean, based on how his war was going, he was like over three war and like a couple months of baseball. If he can be like an eight or nine war guy after Rays are away with their division, he will be in that top three of that race. You know, he will be way up there. Definitely. So I think he's a really good bet. He's going to get good war as a shortstop. He hits for very solid average and he has good, like some gap power. I could see him being like a. Uh, I don't even know, like, you know, 30, 40 doubles, maybe 25, 30 homers, a very well-rounded season, like almost like a MVP Jimmy Rollins kind of year, yep. but, uh, but more, even but probably a way better on base. <laughs> right. And, and more, and more war than that. Cause his, his on base streak last year, Travis was so like captivating. We yeah. tracked it, every, it was in the thirties every yeah. week we're tracking it and it, he still has gotten on base every single game. Um, so if he can kind of keep, keep, keep those skills up, um, the Rays are certainly going to do justice by him, and he's going to get lots of games played. Hope you know, knock on wood, stay he stays healthy. Yeah, I think he's a really good bet. I like J Ram a lot. I think that he consistently deserves like top five vote gets, or at least top ten. He's been top three a couple times. Yeah, but I will just say that if he stays on the Guardians, it will be very difficult. I mean, we learned, we learned last year, Travis, that the MVPs don't have to be on playoff teams because yeah. Harper and Otani were not on playoff teams. Very true. But if you're like fifth or fourth in your division, it will be harder. It will be harder. Um, you have to be extra special, I think, to get the award. If he gets traded to a Blue Jays, if he gets traded to a Mets, something That's like that. That's a really that, good point, yeah. Uh, even to the National League, doesn't really matter where he ends up. He could end up being like the best player on a like one or two seed then all of a sudden i think his odds are amazing to win an award like this because he has not gotten one travis and he's been so close multiple times i think once he does get close the voters will give him some extra credit because imagine like uh like almost like last year with harper i think harper deserved the award but many people said soto caught him or tatis had better numbers or whatever it may be but everyone kind of knew this was really harper's year yeah. he's a veteran um let's give it to him I think that could happen to a guy like Jose Ramirez. He's a veteran. He might not have another season like this. So if he puts up big numbers, I could see him getting an award like that. Travis, let me know what you think about those 10 names. Where are you extra leaning right now? I mean, I think I told you a couple months back, I think this year, of course, I'll have to probably put some some lar a large investment probably in Mike Trout. I feel like he he he's due. I mean, I mean, we've seen 2020 with, you know, shortened season, of course, not really going to 
count him out that year. Still top five in voting. Exactly. And then, of course, last season, uh, started the season red hot. I mean, you look at his numbers right now in, I think, whatever, the 30-something games he played, um, they're outstanding. Oh, yeah, over 1,000 OPS. And yeah. so um, I think Mike Trout, of course, is due for another one. I think it's it's an, it's an kind of almost an easy person to put your money in, much like if you want to look at Jacob deGrom or Max Scherzer for the Cy Young. It's kind of just an easy one to put you, put a large money in. Um I'll say one name that I'm really surprised, Jordan Alvarez. I mean, yes. 1,700, uh, or I'm saying of 17 to 1 odds. Kind of interesting for a guy that is a DH only and not a good fielder being in the top five for the MVP. I will say that's a really big surprise. Um, I'd probably stay away from it just because I think a guy like Wander Franco would easily easily get more mvp votes than jordan alvarez um both guys are on great teams um and so it, it's it's really surprising unless Jordan were to have like a 50 home run year on base slugging insane numbers almost like a christian yelich 2019 then i can see Jordan looking at getting some votes but it would be kind of interesting to uh to do that with a dh role i really like aaron judge 12 to 1 odds alex we know he's going to be on a good team the Yankees are probably going to win 90-something games that year. It's the Yankees. Um, I think Judge, again, like Jose Ramirez, has gotten somewhat close. The big thing, of course, is the health. That's what you really hope for. I think if he was a guy that always was healthy every single year, his numbers or his odds would be a lot lower um, uh, or higher. But they uh, they right now are not just because the health factor is going to be the biggest one and the biggest factor. I really like, though, the Jose Ramirez pick because, like you said, He's going to be a great performer, and I really think that if the Guardians, Guardians probably won't do very well this season, or they're not going to be a playoff team possibly, but trading him to a team like you said, the Blue Jays, or to a contender, um, that would be pretty crazy. I mean, um, I, I, I'm trying to think of teams that he could go play for. He could even get traded possibly to like a team like the Rays. I mean, imagine if the Rays just said, we want to go all in right now. Wander Franco, Jose Ramirez, left side. That'd be pretty insane. That'd be pretty awesome to see over there. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think Jose Ramirez would be a great pick. I think Aaron Judge too as well. I think he's a guy that's really been, you know, kind of just waiting for his turn. Yes. If the health's on point, he can definitely do it. The five tools of him can definitely be out there. I'm just looking at him too because his defense and his arm is tops in the MLB. And you got a guy that literally could hit 50 home runs for the Yankees. Um, and he's on, like I said, he's on the Yankees. That will be the biggest push, I think, to get a guy like that in the MVP. Will be tough for a guy like Jose Ramirez if he stays on the Guardians because it's the Guardians. And it will be tough for a guy like, I think, Wander Franco, too, just because I think smaller markets are going to hurt some of these guys. We don't really see them do too well. And that's just kind of a shame when it comes to the MVP voting. It's really, honestly, a, a big risk because it gets... I don't want to say it gets political, but it kind of gets political because you definitely have to get guys that are going to be a good representation. Um, last year, of course, I mean, Shohei was kind of the slam dunk. Every, everyone else kind of thought some people thought Vladimir Guerrero Jr. should have definitely gotten it just because uh, Pedro Martinez thought he should have gotten it because, yeah. of you know, he uh, he takes BP every single day and all that That's stuff. Right. But uh, we can argue about all we want. But let's kind of move to the um, real, real quick, Travis. Yeah. I, I just want to add I, I like what you said about your Don. I think he has a potential to be like the power hitter of this decade, but a DH being top five in odds is pretty crazy when he hasn't had yeah. that kind of season yet. Um, he's projected to be a very good hitter. So, you know, uh, home run title, absolutely. Even batting title on the table. If I was going to pick an Astro based on who's currently on their team, I'm surprised this guy is not switched with Jordan and odds. Yeah. It should be Kyle Tucker in my mind. Very true. Kyle Tucker, Travis, 
based on what he did last season, he was a top 10 vote getter. Um, and really, the, a lot of the advanced stats really back up, you know, what he was doing. His expected uh, Woba is better than his just Woba. So, I, I mean, th- there's there's good chances for him to um, improve on what he did, truthfully. Um, he was just top 10 in the league in so much. Um, great uh, hits for contact, hits for power. Uh, has even a steals component to his game, a defensive component to his game. Uh, five tool in that way. So I think the voters are more likely to probably uh, give him more credit than a guy like Jordan Alvarez. So um, I really like Tucker. The fact he's not top 10, Travis, in odds makes me think I might put uh, a nice little investment on him when we do make our trip to uh, Sin City. That will be very nice. Um, Good point on that because, yeah, I mean, he he plays good defense. He's a great hitter. He's probably going to just get better. if, If the Astros end up winning the AL West again, if they have a top three record in the American League, without Correa say, who's going to be that guy that gets all their votes? It could be Jordan, but I would be leaning more towards a guy like Tucker, especially if Bregman and Altuve kind of stay good but not MVP caliber. Tucker could take that role as the MVP of the team. I like that a lot. He very well could, and that that's a good point. That'll be that'll be fun to do in Vegas to do our kind of our analysis on that. Alex, let's kind of move uh, quickly to the uh, to the National League. So I'll kind of name off the guys, and uh, we can discuss that. But number one in the National League, of course, is Fernando Tatis Jr. Three to one odds. Uh, moving into second, Juan Soto. Uh, he is at pretty much three and a half to one odds um, with that as well. And then third, the guy that of course missed huge chunk of last season was on track honestly for the mvp that is ronald acuna jr he is at plus 750 fourth you have bryce harper at nine to one which honestly pretty pretty good odds for him i think um we'll discuss it a little bit later but moving to fifth we have mookie betts 10 to 1 odds and then his teammate is six trey turner 16 to 1 odds seventh ozzy albies 22 to one odds very very shocking and then again eighth as well eighth on the list 25 to one odds pete Mm alonzo interesting again again number nine i am shocked again (laughs) i'm probably gonna be shocked number 10 as well number nine austin riley he was your all mlb third baseman we had some controversy about that we did we might talk about a little bit later but he was 28 to one odds and then 10th on the list christian yelich 30 to one odds out of this list who kind of gives you a who kind of raises your eyebrow as to yeah should they really be on this top 10 yeah so i think albies um you know like i said folks, i mean i would are, we, i would, we, I would we, put some pitchers on here we, instead of those guys we, yeah, yeah. We, we are not gambling advice do not listen to us for financial advice i would not put money no, on I'm, Ozzy I'm, t- I'm telling them to listen to me for advanced <laughs> I, I would advice, not so. be putting money on ozzy albies that's just me personally i think that he is um like a good hitter and probably closer to average than great hitter. Um, and I honestly just don't, I mean, a second baseman, maybe the Braves end up being like a, a runaway with the division kind of team. And if that's the case, someone on the team has to get lots of votes, but obviously Acuna would be that guy. One thing I'll say about Acuna, Travis, is I would think that Acuna should almost be first or second in odds. But the one thing is, I don't know if he's going to be ready opening day. If he's not, then... I mean, you don't throw don't throw it all away, but like it's really hard to win MVP if you start the season coming off the injured list. So um, that's my only pause with them. The Braves, Travis. I said it before. I was kind of saying it all year last year. I was not uh, big on them. I think that they were really not a big Braves overrated guy. going into the season. Um, of course, those great additions at the deadline really uh, 
changed the whole game for them and, and they they proved it in October that they were you know the best team at that time going into this season if they especially if they lose Freeman if they lose you know guys like Rosario and uh, Soler um, they have big holes to fill and yes of course they could do that but um, like you mentioned last podcast I think or, or maybe one before Matteo Olsen was a deal you would love to see maybe even if they traded Dansby away and acquired a guy like Correa or Story could be a great uh, infield uh, combination but um, yeah I think overall the Braves have a lot of work to do to get back to a any type of World Series favorite that's just my opinion um, especially with the Mets getting better in the division so I think I would not bet on a Brave that's me personally based mm-hmm. on who I see here I don't like bets that much at those odds I think his bet has taken a bit of a decline uh, since the the short season uh, in 2020 uh, Turner, I do like. If I was going to pick a Dodger, I'd probably go Turner. I imagine he's the everyday shortstop for the team. If that's the case, the war is going to be very good. He's going to steal lots of bags. He's going to get you know, some sneaky power as well. But Travis, uh, tell me if you agree. There's almost no one outside the top three I really want to vote for. I think it's the top three. We all know. It's I want to go 11 and on. It's, it's, it's <laughs> gonna, right. I think it's, it's going to be probably Tatis. Soto or Acuna if Acuna is there early yep. healthy very true and because it's probably going to be one of those three either pick one of those three or pick someone with really terrible odds like almost like I want to say like a Cody Bellinger like pick someone who's yeah. got really bad odds that you can say okay this guy could bounce back or you know someone like that or just pick you know Soto or Tatis because we all know they're going to be super productive they're going to be top three or top five in the race totally agree by the, by the end of the year so Totally agree. Give me your thoughts on the NL. Yeah, 7 through 10, uh, Albies, Alonzo, Riley, Yelich um, were kind of just, you know, meh. Uh, I will say Yelich is a guy that could be like Bellinger, you know, plus 3,000. I know it's not really – you'd like to see Yelich at like plus 4,000, 5,000 um, or, you know, 40 to 50 to 1 odds. But uh, he could be a guy that possibly could bounce back though. I know that the signs have really been showing that it's kind of, you know, it, it's possibly – Probably will never get back to that form that we saw in 2018 and 19. Um, but yeah, you're right. I I think Tatis, Soto, Acuna have to be the three just clear-cut favorites. I actually was saying earlier, I really don't mind Betts' numbers. I think Betts is kind of like a judge where he's going to be on a very good team. Dodgers could easily win 100 games next year, and he'll be the right fielder. He'll probably have a really good war just because he plays good defense. And honestly, if he just has a bat that he if he bats, you know, 310 with 30 something dingers uh, and, you know, 90 something RBI in the hunt, if that's the case. Yeah. I really see that being him in the hunt. Um, Soto, it'll be hard because he's going to be on a team that's probably going to be below 500. Uh, Acuna and the Braves, they could easily be below 500. And Acuna, of course, not playing, uh, you know, really not playing, you know, a full season next year could really hurt his chances. Bryce Harper. I don't really know if going back to back is, um, I don't want to say something he can accomplish, but I just don't know if he can have the same season. Right, It feels like last year was his year. Things were going right for him in that second half down the stretch. It would be really hard to have things going your way like that again. I agree. Um, What you said about, you know, those players, I, 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 I do agree with, I think that a guy like Betts, um, I don't know. I guess we have a little bit of disagreement there. I just think, uh, I mean, he's still a great player. He's still a top five player in baseball for me. I do think, I, I mean, at least I have to think about that. But <laughs> yeah. but I think he's still a very, very good baseball player. We'll make our, we'll make our list. Yeah, yeah he, he, he deserves the money that he's getting. But I will say that I feel like his bat, um, 
I don't know if it's ever going to be there again. I don't think a 35 home run season is ever going to, you know, be, I mean, it totally could. I, I you know, prove me wrong, please, Mookie. It'd be fun. But um, I think a guy like Alonzo or a younger guy like that, I'd be more likely to put some money on because there's more like a sneaky upside there, mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. in my mind at least. Um, you know the Mets, you know some of these teams you got to look at and say, okay, is this team really going to be good? I mean, that, I, I think that's also a big key. I mean, I, I, I do completely agree with you, but last year, no, two, I, two, I, non, two non-playoff teams, of course. Of course, of course. I, I see that too as as being uh, a good point to put, you know, to, to, to point but, out there. But all season, people were saying the Blue Jays are in the wild card spot yep. right now and the yep. Angels are not, so it should be Guerrero over Otani. Yep. So I do, yeah, I do agree with our point that uh, being in that playoff spot, especially with the expanded playoffs, if you're missing the expanded playoffs, it will be probably harder to win the award. Exactly, because sure. I think they're going to be more. Uh, you're you're going to be more prone to saying, okay, hypothetically, in in six teams, every league, it should be the first and second place team getting in. If you're not making that cut, are you really, you know, providing a you know a, a really valuable status to the, your team in the league? Of course, last year Angels lost everybody, so I don't want to hear about the Angels' record when you don't have Mike Trout or Rendon and pitching kind of just goes to hell yeah. <laughs> you know you really can't say much about the record otani was doing something that had never been done before so he's of course an asterisk kind of uh player when you look at the season of probably won't see much like that ever again unless you know 50 years from now everybody's hitting and pitching and all that stuff but um it'll be kind of crazy but you know it's it's interesting that you know we have so many guys that are you know below almost seven to one odds for the nl you have your basically your three-headed monster with tatis soto and acuna jr um you know all those guys, especially Acuna and Tatis, they're going to provide very good defense. They're going to provide a very good bat. So their war is probably going to be very good. Um, you know that they're going to get, uh, you know, probably a lot of uh, a lot of defensive metric uh, pluses as well. Even though I know some of those, I know Tatis kind of had a really rough year, but uh, I think just playing shortstop does help, though. It helps the it case. Does. If he was playing right field for the whole year. His MVP should go way down. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Having 40 home runs as a shortstop, that right there in most voters' eyes is going to be this guy. Incredible, is a, this yeah. guy is a complete legend. So um, Tatis could do it. You know, Soto, I think, again, he's got probably one of the best, if not the best bat in the big. So that could be a really big plus. Actually improved a lot on defense last year. I was really impressed with what he was able to do defensively. 100%. So that Soto, will, yeah, that will only help. Soto is rising, and he, I think, is due. He needs to get his hardware sooner or later but that's like acuna that's like tatis as well these guys are i think really waiting for their hardware um would probably in my opinion probably be very smart to at least put money on all three guys if you want to at least try to maybe secure some sort we'll, of we'll locked do, money we'll have to do the math travis maybe we can find a way to put some money in each of them and if just one wins we still come out positive we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll do some calculations exactly but uh but yeah i mean that kind of dives into the mvps we'll talk about it a little bit later once the uh you know odds might be changing as well and also uh, you know, we might be seeing some some of these players shift. We might be seeing, you know, Correa. Correa could honestly, I mean, if, if Correa signs with a NL team, I think he has to be above Yelich, Riley, and Alonzo oh, and, pro- sure. and, 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 and Albies and right Albies, now. Yeah. And so probably, per- yeah, pro- he probably shoots up to like fifth or something. And also, and also, I think if Freeman goes back to the to the Braves, he's probably looking at a top ten preseason odds right now yeah. as being a I favorite think, as well. I would think he'd be above Albies too. Yeah. So it'll be fun. I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm waiting to see all these guys kind of uh, the dominoes land where they're going to be and see what happens with uh, the next couple of days. Um, should be really interesting. But I mean, anything else you want to kind of cover? Yeah. Um, before we before we wrap it up, uh, just a couple of things that are not going to be changed for this season, but will be changed, I believe, in 2023. 
as far as I'm what I've heard, I think the shift is being banned. Not this season, but I think next season. That rule change was something that I think couldn't be implemented in time or something like that. Okay. But I think the shift is being banned, or at least they're going to discuss it again for 2023 season. Um, also, things going to be rediscussed for the 2023 season is a pitch clock potentially and bigger bases. That was all talked about a lot. Um, and also robo umps for balls and strike calls. That was apparently shot down very quickly by the players. I think I heard, I heard on Twitter the players' union and the umpires' union are very close. They kind of back each other up. <laughs> yeah. So the players aren't going to kind of throw them under the bus and say, yeah, let's like get rid of half these guys' job. Joe West got out the right time, yeah. Right. <laughs> Good point. But uh, Travis, I'll just go ahead and say that uh, I think a lot of these changes uh, have the right things in mind for the game. Uh, getting rid of the shift, even though I would probably disagree with it, I think personally – um, it, it banning a certain type of defense is just kind of weird in my opinion, but uh, especially when it's just kind of like you're saying don't play smart, right? Because like yeah, people found a really smart way to play defense, and you're saying you can't do that. But then again, NBA Travis, you can no longer park your center under the basket. You have to get out of the key in like five seconds on defense yeah. or whatever, or yeah. three three in the key, three seconds. So, um, the people ban defenses in, in other sports too. But I saw a funny tweet you might have saw it too, like. Someone, some football player said, are they going to ban like too high safety? Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, so QBs can throw, yeah, can throw more, yeah, completed passes downfield. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If that was the case, obviously uh, NFL fans, you know, QBs would, would be very upset. But, anyways, Travis, give me some thoughts on pitch clock and shift ban. Um, I do, I, I personally think that those will be implemented in 2023 if it's not already confirmed. I'm, yeah. I'm not 100%. The robot umps. I'm not as sure about. I would. I think that probably won't happen this quickly. It definitely could. Um, I think minors would have to be the big. They would try big it, right? push in the minors, and so I don't think. Yeah, I, I think that you think that's too quick turnaround. I think it's too quick, and then I mean, I, I guess I'm kind of old school. I really like the element of the. I guess the human error. Um, I I know we saw yeah, a I lot of like error. It, I know you did, and, and 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 I mean I know last year I think there was a huge emphasis either last year or the last two years, but there was a huge emphasis on providing the strike zone for the viewers on TV. Yes, and of course that was just the major grading point for all these umpires, and they're probably thinking to themselves, I mean, why do you got to do this to me? Like I'm trying my best, but I know some guys try their best, and some guys just are never trying their best and it's just it's it's completely awful so it's almost there needs to be some sort of you know accountability where you know they can kind of look at these grading skills and you know if they're not if they're not holding a a certain grade you know kind of like in college if you're not holding a certain grade you can't you can't do this anymore you know you you're you're gonna get kicked out or eye exam or something yeah because i've always hated when people say like oh this ump zone is a little bit wide today it's like why today shouldn't the hitters have a uh come into a game with an expectation a standard game in game out yeah exactly Um, but, but i will say travis um the one the one reason why i'm not all in on robot umpires for balls and strikes is i think you're also going to remove some catcher skill from the game the catchers have a certain skill of framing pitches um you could argue it's just lying to the umps which is kind of funny but you'd be pulling salvador prezes you could pretty much just sit on your knees and then just catch the ball and say you know what it was if there's no if there's no runners on base might as well have a dh back there just catching the ball throwing it it back that's very true really the sign and 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 we're seeing catchers nowadays get better and better and better with basically you know couple inches outside the strike zone they are pretty much snapping it back into the zone and i mean really max stassi on the angels we've seen him he's and we love he's it. an he's an elite expert at that and his pitchers love that um 
it'd be it, it'll be interesting when you know if if pitchers start getting you know like pissed off at the robot umpires or the people that are you know making the calls and they're just like are you kidding me that was not a strike and you know pretty yeah. sure they have to be wrong but i'll go back to the ban on the shifts i have basically always had the thought of you know what you're getting paid millions of dollars and you can't hit the ball to the opposite field or you know i've always thought that as a baseball player to be a complete hitter you need to be like an anthony rendon hit the ball to the other side and i i, I see these guys pulling you know albert pujols had a, just a knack for never wanting to go oppo at least with the angels i think with the with the cardinals he went oppo a lot out of the ballpark with the angels he loved to pull it and with a guy of his speed guys can just line up on the infield or the outfield grass and basically have all day to take ground balls from these guys but um i i've seen it a couple times but i absolutely love it's probably one of the one things about baseball when i see this player when i see it happen i just it's it's yeah, like a little kid just, again just makes me tick but uh it's when a left-handed hitter puts down a bunt on the left side the third baseman's playing deep shortstop and basically that guy can either turn it into a single or a double it's a free base hit i honestly i know big poppy was a premier power hitter but man he probably could have had a hundred more hits in his career if he would have dropped those down and if you keep dropping them down they're not going to shift on you anymore so i look at a guy like joey gallo he's a good athlete he's a guy that can run i actually it, saw a video of him doing that he bunted to third base and it got a base hit from it and and it's kind of just like man gallo like you we know you have power you're going to have 40 home runs but i mean you got to get the average and the on base up if you want to be a premier hitter and someone that's going to get respected and get mvp votes i mean imagine if you would have dropped down those bunts you'd be having probably a lot more you know base hits because now they'd stop shifting on you or as much um you could really help yourself out and you can get free base hits i saw one picture earlier this week and it was uh i guess i think it was the astros defense and it was the funniest picture ever it basically had besides the catcher and the pitcher and the left fielder every fielder was on the right side and i, I think they were playing the texas rangers with joey gallo playing and it was the funniest thing you ever could see because it was first base second base shortstop third base third base was pretty much playing second base and shortstop in second i think it was correa altuve were playing like shallow right field and then the center mm -hmm. fielder was playing right center and then the right fielder was playing on the line it was it was the funniest image you ever could see and you're just like joey you have a double like yeah. you have a double if you were to push bunt that towards the third base back i, I mean it kind of just blows my mind um yeah and one thing i'll i mean there, there's a lot of different aspects to the shift besides just normal shifting like yeah. it's very common travis angel game fletcher is out there playing short right field and yeah. he's great out there because he has great range he has a really solid arm for second baseman so he gets tons of value being out there right it helps his defensive value go up i'm sure um he makes more plays that way but um there is some sort of extent, right? Where like the Padres have a, some sort of like mega shift for guys, yeah. for guys that they know only pull it like a Gallo type. Um, you know, there's lots of guys like that in the game who they just know that, you know, the, the, the science of the physics says that if I pull the ball, I have a better chance of, you know, if I pull the ball at 500 feet. Yeah. yeah. If I pull, <laughs> if I pull the ball, my OPS is higher. My average is higher. Everything's higher. So yeah. I'm, I'm going to try to pull the ball. So, um, when guys like that do that, like the Padres will put Machado like out there in right field. Like they put a third, the second baseman is like a second baseman shift. And then Machado's like down the line somewhere. Yeah, like yeah. everyone's out there somewhere kind of planted. And it's so funny to see it whenever they do that. But I think there was a, there was a 2020 world series or a playoff clip. And I think it was a Dodger and I, I don't know who it was, but it was someone, it was, a, I think the second baseman maybe you know what might be even a potter might be machado but he was making a catch towards the right field foul pole 
and it was just like you'll I think never, it was Machado. Yeah, and yeah. you're just like you will never see this ever again. Like what what is Machado doing towards the right field foul pole, and he's playing third base? You're kind of just like. What happened that play? I want to see what happened. And, how, how do you score that? Fly, it, fly out to third baseman? Yeah, exactly. I know. It's like... It was at the F, track. Yeah, F, F5, but it's at the track. And so, yeah, you're kind of just like shaking your head like, what? But um, I guess the ban, you know, I kind of was either way. I'm like, you can ban it, whatever. I mean, I, I'm going to like, you know, a lot, a lot of hitters are probably going to get, you know, better, uh, you know, you're going to see better averages for some of these guys. But also I was saying to myself, you know guys should i mean i feel like guys really need need to learn i mean a guy like mike trout he can hit the ball everywhere you know david fletcher can hit the ball anywhere and it's kind of just like you know just and just kind of you got to be smart you got you got to change your approach up a little bit and i will add that um i think the reason why they want to get rid of the shift uh is because they want it to be less of just everyone mashing it trying to pull it and like mm-hmm. they're trying to get rid of that style of baseball they think it's not as interesting they think it's less uh, i think it's worse for the viewer and while i see that argument if you get rid of the shift Guys like Gallo, you know, I don't want to make Gallo be the victim of all this, but like guys (laughs) like him who are trying to pull the ball all the time, it's only going to make them want to do it more because there's no more second baseman in shallow right, right? There's going to be a hole between first baseman and second baseman now a little bit wider than it was before where they can try to aim for those big big lefty sluggers. So um, I do think that it might not have the effect they want it to have. We'll have to wait and see, of course, but there's I think there's a good middle ground they could do where maybe every infielder needs to have feet in the dirt say maybe yeah, very true uh and maybe two on the right side of the second base and two on the left side so if that was the case fletcher could kind of shade to the right against the lefty a second baseman can shade to the right and a shortstop could shade behind second base a little bit to the left of it and you'd be in legal kind of play right there um a lot of ways they could end up doing it so we'll have to wait and see but um i think what they agreed on was there's going to be a committee with players with uh officials and with also like one umpire and it's going to be an 11 person committee of you know all members of the game and they're going to be the ones discussing rule changes for upcoming seasons so i think that's going to be the body that's going to you know discuss potential ban to the shift a pitch clock i don't know that much about pitchers uh in terms of their timing if i'm being honest i never was a pitcher i didn't really know any pitchers personally so um overall i think if you speed up the pitches a little bit, um, of course, a little bit could add up to being a lot. But if you speed up the game by 15 minutes by adding a pitch clock, that's not really going to bring more yeah. faces to baseball. It's not going to change that much at all. Um, if the pitchers need an extra 10 seconds to feel comfortable with their arm, if they need to you know, stretch the shoulder a little bit, give it to them. In my mind, give it to them. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I, I don't really know what the decision is going to be on that. We'll have to wait and see for that to come. But Travis, that's all just kind of looking towards the future. We are excited. We're getting baseball very soon. Opening day is less than a month away. Um, are you looking forward to the Angels' first series will be against the Astros at the Big A? We, I think, are going to try to be there. Um, we're tickets right now, yeah. Uh, and then, what? yeah, you know, we have we have a very limited time, Travis. We got to place our bets. We got to think about if we're going to make it to spring training. Got a, know, a lot know. of planning just got kicked into high gear right now. So excited for potential trades to be coming soon, potential free agents to be signed. So uh, we will have all that and more for you guys uh, next episode. But Travis, I think this wraps up this episode. Does it? More of just a. Uh morale booster for everybody because we yeah. uh we, we needed this yeah we needed this win the fans needed this for sure so i'm glad that uh we are where we're at uh exciting couple of weeks coming up uh spring training right around the corner so um if you made it this far thanks so much for listening uh drop a like drop a follow um interact with us on social media and uh we will catch you guys next week presented by tool tools podcast <laughs> <laughs>